Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. Right, um, so this this morning is it's kind of part three, I guess, of um, what I've been talking on. So um, it was never really intentionally meant to be a series, but it's kind of grown into a series because I think there's just so much here um, that I want us to look at, and I just think it's so key for the moment and really uh, the, f- the first week Lydia pretty much stole my talk in her uh, in her um, welcome section without knowing just because that seemed to be what God was speaking to us about that morning and she's not quite stolen it this morning but she's certainly circled around the perimeters but that's really good because it, again it just I just it confirms I think this is really key for us at the moment it might be August it might be quiet or it might be where we kind of just drop things down a little bit through the summer but I really feel what we're looking at at the moment is, is, is really important, and I think it's what God is wanting us to look at um, at the moment. So just a quick recap, just of where we're at for those that have missed um, some mornings. So uh, the week one, I'll only briefly, briefly recap this, because I recapped last week. So if you weren't there then, then you were there last week, and we'll probably be all right. But the first week we looked at um, being intentional about resting, intentional about planning, and intentional about enjoying Jesus. So we talked about the importance of rest to keep our buckets full. Do we have the bucket <coughs> there? <coughs> Again, sorry, Matt. About our bucket, about how this is all about keeping our buckets full rather than empty so that we're um, better people, that we're... Um, goodness me, so that we're um, more generous, we're more giving, we're more uh, nicer to be around. When our buckets are empty, we become irritable and annoyed and frustrated and life's horrible and mucky and yeah. So we talked about intentionally um, resting, intentionally planning. We need to plan our time because the urgent things always crowd out the important things so when things become urgent suddenly we don't do the things that are important in life and then our buckets again get empty and then last week we talked more about enjoying Jesus so we looked again at the story of Mary and Martha but more at um, Martha in the story because we were saying that um, it felt like Jesus was quite harsh at her she you know she opened her home invited Jesus into her home and it seemed like such a good thing but that Jesus was quite harsh and it seemed that seemed surprising because we thought hospitality is a good thing but as we looked at it we saw that Jesus wasn't addressing her being hospitable he was addressing that um, she was missing the main point of being hospitable which was Jesus she was so busy caught up Jesus said that she was worried and upset about many things and that she missed the guests. She caused an argument in the house. It was chaos. And we were talking about how um, even our gifting, even the thing that we're doing can be horrible and repulsive to God when, um, when we miss the guest. When we, the whole point of why we're doing it is gone because our attention is not on the guest anymore. So our, even our gifting can be repulsive to God. And just how important it is that we put Jesus first. And in the text, Jesus said about, about Mary, who was sat at his feet, she's done the one thing, the one thing she did it, which was vital. And that is what meant that, um, that Jesus um, pointed out Mary for being someone that we need to kind of look at and think, oh, I want to be like a Mary rather than a Martha. So this morning, we're going <coughs> to, excuse me, we're going to try and um, be a little bit more practical about what this looks like in making Jesus our one thing, the first thing. 
So we're going to look at a few scriptures, going to look at a few things, but I think we'll just pray first of all, if that's all right. You can join me in pray as we just ask that God speaks to us this morning. So Lord Jesus, thank you that your word is alive, God. It's, um, it's powerful. Your word can change us, and I just pray that today you'd give us ears to hear, God, that you would soften our hearts now. Soften our hearts, God. Take away all our pride. Take away all our stubbornness, God. Help us to be open to what your Spirit wants to do in us here today, I pray. Holy Spirit, have your way, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're going to look first at um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 32. And this comes in the middle of a, a big passage of the Bible, which we know is the Sermon on the Mount. So it's three chapters in Matthew, where if you've got a Bible like mine, it is all read, which means that Jesus is talking the whole time. So that is a really important three chapters to read. If you've not read those three chapters... I'll tell you to go home and get, through, get into these chapters because these are, these are, this is brilliant, brilliant stuff. And in this little passage, Jesus has been talking about not to worry. He says not to worry. Don't worry about the clothes you wear. Don't worry about the things of life. Don't, all the stuff that tries to grab your attention. Don't worry. Don't worry. And then he carries on in verse 32. Um, after, so verse 31 says, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Because people in those days used to worry about what was going on in their life. You know, they spent a lot of attention, you know, because they were worried. You know, we don't do that anymore, I know. But back in the time, they, they were worried about things. But Jesus said in verse 32, For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. It's so easy in life, isn't it, to seek all the things, and then if we've got a bit of time left, then we might have a little kind of pursuit, a little, a little potter in the direction of Jesus somewhere. But in this passage, Jesus is it's flipping that upside down. Well, all the stuff, all the stuff which we've been talking about, it said in, the, in the, what we read last week about Martha, that she was worried and upset about many things. That's all the stuff of life. But Jesus is calling us to put all of that stuff on the back burner, which is completely opposite of what our brains want to do. We want to be in control and sort things out, and there's a place to be organized, there's a place to do all that kind of stuff. But he's saying, seek me first. First, first, that's the hardest bit of the Christian life, but probably the most important bit, that Jesus is number one. Seek first his kingdom. God is worth seeking. God is worth seeking. His presence will change us. And there's a difference between seeking and browsing. I don't know if you've ever, um, there's a difference between um, going to the shops and just kind of browsing, just kind of potting around, getting a little drink halfway around. And if you see something that takes your fancy, then oh, I might buy that. That's nice. You can take it to the checkout. There's a difference between browsing and when you're seeking something. You know, when there's, there's an item that you go all around the shops, you might call shops, you go on the internet trying to find this one thing that you're after, go up and down, maybe visit a different city just to try and get the one thing. Seeking and browsing are so different. Jesus does not say, browse first. The kingdom of God. Seek, seek first the kingdom 
of God. There are times for us to wait on God. There's times to be still. We've been talking about that. That's important. But there are times also to seek him. Last week as well, we talked about how Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He, he left heaven. He came here to seek us so that we could know life and forgiveness and freedom. But he also calls us to seek him. He seeks us and we seek him. And that's what we want to look at this morning. Now, um, I want to say, unfortunately, some bad news right at the start. I have no new ways for us to seek God this morning. <laughs> I've, not, I've not found a new one. There's, you know, part of this is going to be stuff we've heard before because it's stuff that we know, we know about. We hear about it time and time again. But I, I, I have no new ways. There's no, I've not had a little chat with God and he's given me a new one. You know, that's not what we're doing this morning. There's going to be ground that we're covering this morning that we know but that we struggle with. You know, before we, um, I got you to write down on some pieces of paper, what is it that kind of holds you back from praying and reading your Bible? These two main things that we know, I don't need to sit, stand here and say the way that we seek God is we read our Bible and we pray. We know this, don't we? We know that that's the way that it works. So I've got some people to write some stuff down. And I was just browsing through these. I wasn't seeking through them. I was browsing through them. <laughs> I was browsing through these, and there's a couple of themes that come up time and time again, um, which I would uh, point you to the last few weeks' podcast at freedomcenter.com, <laughs> in which we've been speaking about a lot of this stuff. Um, but it's, it's quite encouraging as well, because I read through these and I think, yeah, me too, me too, yeah, me too, yeah, me too. So sometimes we think that it's just me and I'm the one that's wrong, but just so you can get just a bit of a sense, time, self-discipline, not knowing what to do. Organizing my time more effectively, too busy, too tired, busy doing things, lack of self-discipline, uh, lack of self-discipline, the BBC Sport website, <laughs> children, tiredness, being tired, anxiety, fears, the kids, tired. This one says sleep, work and TV, none of which actually matter. I think sleep matters a little bit, but I know what you mean. <laughs> Lethargy, feeling tired, having a baby, getting distracted by the internet, laziness, pressure of home. So do you know what I mean? it's, just, it's the same sort of stuff, isn't it, that comes up. It's not just you. That's just, first of all, you're not the only one. Okay? We all find this hard. We all can find this tough. And I, I would suggest that even if you could think of like some prayer warrior that you know, someone who prays all the time, someone that maybe someone that reads their Bible and is scholarly and spends all this time, I, I'm going to suggest that they probably have all this stuff as well. This is all of us. This is normal. So first of all, let's just relax, okay? Don't think, oh, everyone's doing this and I'm like really bad. No. All of us. All of us, okay? This is it's the same stuff, isn't it? Same stuff time and time again. So we're going to kind of look at a few of these things. So we're going to look at prayer a little bit. We're going to look at reading our Bible. But I'm not going to be like preaching this morning and going through five, the five, five benefits of reading your, the Word and praying and what we must do. I'm kind of just trying to chat a little bit this morning and just, just throw a few things out there that um, I think have helped me and I've seen help other people. So just for the next few minutes... It's going to be a bit, just relax, we can chill, it's not going to be too heavy, but just throw some stuff around um, that might help us just a little bit. So we're going to look at this, again we're going to stay in the same chapter of Matthew, if we've got our Bibles, chapter 6, but we're going to look at verse 5 to 8 of chapter 6. 
chapter 6, verse 5 to 8. And this is just before we get um, what we call the Lord's Prayer in the Bible. So this is Jesus teaching on prayer. So I think if we're going to learn off prayer from anyone, I think Jesus is a pretty good person to learn from. The Bible says that Jesus is praying for us, which I never understand. I don't understand that, that Jesus prays for me. Jesus prays for you. Have you ever thought about that? When you have a, a tough, Jesus is praying for you. That's weird and I don't understand it, but I like that it's happening. <laughs> but we're going to go from verse 5 here in chapter 6. And Jesus says, And when you pray, can we read that? Should we turn this light down a bit? I love that. I love it when every week I love that. It just feels like, ooh, doesn't it? Verse 5. Sorry, I interrupted Jesus then. Verse 5. And when you pray, Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. That's it. That's their reward. People have seen them. They might have gone, wow, look at them. They're they're doing all this stuff on the... That's their reward. That's it. Boom. Finished. Gone. They receive their reward in full. Verse 6. But when you pray, so not like them, but when you pray, Etienne, when you pray, Peter, when you pray, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. That's simple stuff, isn't it? Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, Do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. And then he goes on to the Lord's Prayer, which we know well, which we won't carry on with this morning. That's not Luke 19, it says down there, that's Matthew 6. But then it carries on into the Lord's Prayer. Um, before we kind of did all this stuff, I was, I was thinking uh, about what prevents me from praying. What, what do I find hard? And I'm going to confess, I think prayer life is probably, I'm not great at it. <laughs> it's one of all the different kind of things that we do in the Christian life. I think prayer is in what I think of prayer. I'm not actually that great at I'm not someone who sits for an hour kind of praying these long you know, prayers, that kind of thing. I don't, I don't think of myself as being someone who is good at praying. And you might think of that off your, of yourself as well. But some of the stuff that I think puts me off prayer is all the stuff that we mention here, being tired, lack of self-discipline, this kind of stuff. Also, I, 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 I went pretty, uh, pretty honest here. hope that's all right. And I think it's probably the same of you as well, but I know you just had a moment just to scribble something down. But I said, what puts me off prayer sometimes is I think it's a bit intense. I just think, I need to pray, but oh, God, it feels a bit intense right now. You know, I just think, oh, you know, it's just a bit serious, a bit like, mm, it's a bit intense. I think it could be time-consuming. So not just that I don't have time, just, well, that's going to be a big chunk of my day. Just gone, isn't it? I want to I wanna chill out. I want to watch that thing on TV that I've got saved, ready to watch. Sometimes I can think that prayer is boring. This is what I think in my mind, what puts me off praying. just feels a bit, I could pray, I should probably pray, but it just feels a bit boring, really, just sit, just kind of praying. Draining. I don't know if you ever find prayer draining. Sometimes I think, oh, I don't want to pray because it's just going to be exhausting. It's cause, because it's so in, intense and stuff. It's draining. But then I realized 
<laughs> then I realized this isn't right. Why, is it, why am I thinking this stuff? And then I realized that's what I feel like when I'm babbling like the pagans. Jesus talked about that, about babbling like the pagans in verse 7. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. So I think when I feel prayer is kind of just intense, because in my mind, this, maybe this is just my mind, but when I think I need to, I need to pray, I think I need to, to kind of get everything done in the house. I need to have everything tidied and cleared, all my jobs done, so I can kind of sit in, in my room and I've got half an hour, an hour, and maybe you know, we light some candles, make it a bit moody, and then I pray really hard and I Pray my best prayers and like you're just trying to strain in and just come on God just I'm going to really pray today but that's not that's not prayer that's babbling like the pagans that's me trying to rattle on trying to impress God but God's not like that that's not what God is like that's babbling like pagans and I think the key word in this text is a word that comes up numerous times. Okay, so I'm going to read this passage again and see whether you can see which word it is. And I'm going to, I think I'll make it quite clear as well. So let's go from verse 6. It says, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And then it goes into the Lord's Prayer, our Father in heaven. And it carries on just through that chapter. I've underlined in my Bible all the places that it says, Father, your Father. It's like Jesus is trying to remind us that you're talking to your Father. Okay, so when we pray, first of all, I just want to encourage us that we can relax. <laughs> it's not a big intense thing on you to pray. And we're talking to our Father. Talking to our Father. So I think that maybe when we write down on these pieces of paper about the things that put us off prayer, I think these things are really about babbling like the pagans do, rather than what Jesus is talking about when he talks about prayer. Just time with our Father. Like in the story of Mary and Martha, Mary just, Jesus was there and she just sat at his feet. It's easy, isn't it? There's no intensity, there's no hard work there. In fact, there was work to be done and she wasn't doing it. She was just trying to relax and enjoy, intentionally enjoy Jesus. So I encourage you this morning to be thinking about um, finding a way that works for you to pray. And again, relax as you do this. Some of you thinking, oh, he's asking me to think, right, what can I do? What can I? Just, just relax. This, we're talking about our Father, our Father here. So just to be thinking about finding a way that works. This might change over time, life circumstances and everything, but just find something that works. And I'm talking about something Again, intentional, like an intentional bit of time. Yes, we pray all the time. That's great that you pray when you're going here. That's brilliant. Honestly, that is brilliant because that can be hard to do. But if you do that, that is brilliant. But finding some sort of space that is intentional. Um, I remember just a, a couple of months ago, I had that thing where I need to pray. I need to have some. I've not prayed. I need to pray, and I felt all those things again. Oh, it's boring. It's intense. It's going to tire me out. And I just kind of felt like a like a nudge. Kind of what I'm talking now. Just relax. 
So I just got myself a, a drink. It was a nice day. I sat in the garden, just took my Bible out, and I just sat there, notepad and paper, just jotted some stuff down that was on my heart. And it, it was wonderful. <laughs> just, just no religious babbling nonsense, people on the street impressing people with words, and just me sat in the garden having a drink, just chatting to God. And it was wonderful. It was wonderful. And that, I'm not saying that we should do that or you should do that, but it's just something that fit into my day at that particular point. It might be, you might have a specific place that you go to. It might be walking, going out for a five, ten-minute walk. Doesn't have to, don't think of these huge, huge goals that you're never going to meet. Five-minute walk, maybe that will work for you. Maybe writing, maybe you're a writer. That's the way your brain works. Just write little prayers down. Doesn't have to be essays. Just scribble stuff down and have time with your father. Going to move on to the Bible. Um, again, just like prayer, the, the important thing is not how we do it, when we do it, it's, it's that we do it. <laughs> that's, the, that's the key bit. And again, the Bible, I think, is the same um, category as all these things here. Too tired, too much going on, not enough discipline, distracted, that kind of stuff. But again, just, um, just a few things I'm going to throw out to you. Um, and again, this morning, I'm not talking about huge programs. At the end of this, I'm not going to invite you to join me. In a, in a half an hour a day, 15 chapters every morning. Before, get up, uh, I'm not going to do anything like that. <laughs> There's no big reading program coming your way where you need to... We're just, we're just relaxing this morning, just taking it easy. Um, we're just going to find stuff that fits, that works, that just happens, that intentionally plan, intentionally enjoy this time. Now, for me, with the Bible, um, I used to... Uh, for a long time, it worked for me. I, I was, and it was hard work to do it, but I got pretty disciplined about having kind of 15 minutes in the morning where I kind of had time with my Bible and just prayed a bit. And that's a brilliant way to start a day. If, if you've got space to do that, I'd, I would think that's the best place to do it, if I'm really honest. For me, anyway, that's starting the day off in that way. It shapes my day. It's like, um, they, they talk about when, you, when you're dieting, if you have a good breakfast, it kind of sets you up for the day. And it's, like, it's similar with this. I, I really think that is the, the best way to do it. I found since um, we had a little one come along, the morning is just, it, it wasn't working for me. I, I tried to fight and scrap that and think, no, Tom, you're, you're letting God down. You're being weak. You need to make it work in the morning. But it wasn't working. Just, just my schedule, it, it was just cr- crazy. So I heard someone say something a while ago, and this is what I've been doing lately. And it sounds rubbish, especially from a guy that's preaching at the front, maybe. But he said he started to read his Bible for five minutes before he went to bed. And it sounds pathetic, but he said the thing with five minutes is there's never an excuse not to do it. Like if you're really tired and you, you've got to get up in the morning, like five minutes isn't going to change whether you're like tired the next day or not. You're going to be tired the next day. So, so I've, that, that's what I've been kind of trying to slot in lately, just five minutes just reading a bit of the Bible. It's not intense. It's not, there's not a big thing or a big parade around it. There's no, just five minutes. And just those small things can make so much difference in our life. So much difference. Five minutes. Five minutes. Maybe, I'm not saying it shouldn't build up from that, but just if that's something that will work, five minutes at night time. Whatever it, fit it in. Sophie started to read her Bible when it's Hugo's bedtime and she was reading like, you know, noddy or whatever to him, and she decided just to read the Bible because he just wants to hear a voice. He's not bothered by the content. So that's just a way that she's kind of getting a bit of Bible into her. It's just fitting around our schedule, fitting around what we do so that it, it works. Um, I think the other thing that can, can um, 
stop us reading the Bible is we don't know what to read. We don't know where, where, where shall I start. Sometimes I do that. I pick up the Bible and I go, but it's so big. I don't know what to do. And then I think, right, I'm going to start here. And I read it and I think, oh, no, I need to read the book before that, if that's going to make sense. And then before, oh, I just I can't. It's too big. I don't know what to do. I just suggest um, a couple of things. First of all, just pick a book. <laughs> just pick a book. Right? If it's, better, it's better you just pick a book and go for it than you don't read the Bible. Okay, this is, this is kind of where I'm pitching it this morning. It's better you just go for it. Something. You probably might understand it. Sometimes I read the Bible and I finish and I think, oh, I don't understand a word of that. I was thinking about everything else in my life. But I read it. I read it. Something. Some, I've, we've said this before, but I don't remember every meal that I've ever eaten. Some meals that I eat are just bland, but they're sustaining me. And it's good stuff getting in me. So whatever it looks like, do it. The other way, if you don't know what to read, I think a really good thing to do um, is, is Word for Today. Yeah, people do Word for Today. That works fantastic. Another one, go through what we talked about on a Sunday morning. So these passages, I just said these three chapters, go there. Start just, and that's a great, because there's always something to read then. If you always go off what was spoken about on Sunday morning, if you don't know what to read, just go over those passages again. And then you go to Jack the next week and you can bug him and say, Jack, I've got more questions. And he'll love that. <laughs> he'll love that. That's a great way because it's kind of current with what's going on with the church and what God's doing in our church. So that's just another way, just something that we can do. And then another idea, what about saying to a friend, look, should we read this book together? It might be you meeting together and actually reading it aloud or maybe, right, next Tuesday uh, we'll go for coffee and we'll just chat through that. It might even just be a chapter. It might be, it might be a paragraph. Just let's ignore quantity. Let's ignore all that kind of stuff for now. Just something that will work. Something that will work. So prayer, Bible. The third thing that I want to look at really quickly, and this isn't like a new thing, but I want to just talk into our expectation. Expect. Expect. We need to expect. In that passage that we read, in Matthew 6, it talks about um, a reward. Jesus talks about a reward, which is strange. We're going to come back to that in a minute. But in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, it says, God says that you will seek me and you will find me. So that's, he didn't just say seek me. He, he tells us that you will find me. Don't worry about that. It's not a, like a wild goose chase. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart with all of your heart it's about seeking God with all of our heart and again all I've got jobs I've got a family I can't do all I'm talking this morning about all of that five minutes all of that walk that you're going on all of that journey from home to work when you've got worship music on maybe with all for that part just seek God and he says you will find me you will find me and it's vital, I think, that we hold on to this promise that we will find him. That's a promise. We need to remember that because I'm telling you, there will be days, loads of days, when you do find it dull, when you do find it boring, when you don't feel like reading your Bible, when it's just you can think of a hundred things that you need to do before you do it. We've got to remember the promise that when we seek him, we will find him. We will find him. It will happen. All the times when it feels tough and boring and pointless. Remember this. Remember this promise. Also, just quickly, when we come to church, come with expectation. 
Come with expectation to church. So often we can just kind of wander into church because it's Sunday. And then we get here and then for the first kind of big chunk of the morning, we're uh, right, okay, um, what am I doing? Song, singing, yeah, right, okay, I'm singing. And then you kind of have this little, you, you start then, I'll encourage you next week, come to church, pray on your way. Again, I'm not talking complicated things. Me and Sophie, we just pray in the car, one little prayer, two minutes, just a little prayer, God, thank you for today. I'm tired. I probably, in many ways, I could do staying in bed this morning, but I'm coming to church because I know you want to meet with us as a church. Come and have your way. Lord, I want your worship to be pleasing to me this morning. God, just be lifted high in Jesus' name. I mean, that, that's what we do. <laughs> that's all right, isn't it? That's not, that's, you know, might sometimes have some worship music on in the house at the mo- in the morning, but it means that at half past 10, when we start together, I'm not kind of like, right, uh, what are we doing? Right, yeah, do you know what I mean? I'm ready. I'm ready. I've done that bit. I've, there's a journey. There's a journey when we come and meet with God, and we've started it before. So come with expectation. One more quick thing. So I'm just, just nipping around here. This is some my bugbears, maybe. I don't know. But the other thing, one thing that I have found has been really beneficial is, um, and I know everyone's brain doesn't work like this. I'm not saying we should all do this, but I find it really helpful taking notes on Sunday morning. Really, really helpful. It's um, and I'm not saying take notes because I am an amazing preacher with jewels of wisdom that you must write down and cherish. It's probably, it's the opposite, if anything. It's that it can be hard to sit and listen to someone talk for 30 or 40 minutes in the morning. And I just find just scribbling little notes down keeps me engaged. I don't even always go home and read through them and study them. And, but it just keeps me engaged for that time. Really simple thing to do. And then if you don't know what to read in the week, you've got your notes. You can go, right, I'm going to read that bit from Sunday again. So really basic things. And the way the Bible works as well, so I'm going off my notes a little bit, that I think the Bible works a little bit like websites. And that you know when you go on a website and you think, right, I'm going to read an article. And you read your article and then you see the related link. And you go, oh, I'm going to read that story. And then suddenly, like half an hour goes by, an hour goes by. And from reading one little kind of story, you've suddenly followed this whole path and you've read all these related articles and you've kind of had an hour that's gone. I find the Bible a little bit like that sometimes. So like I'll start to read a passage and then it might refer to something else and I think, what's that? Oh, it's in a, um, Google something. And Oh, all right, it's talking about Psalms. It's, uh, he's, he's referring something in Psalms. So I read a little bit in Psalms. And then I find David's talking about something that happened in Exodus. All oh, right, I'll talk about Exodus. And then suddenly you kind of, it kind of lead, one thing leads to another in the Bible sometimes. So, He's our father. We need just to enjoy and take the pressure off. Not be all serious, religious, pagan, talking nonsense. We just relax and enjoy God again. I'm kind of coming into land now. But um, just a few bits I want to just get through as we just kind of close, I guess, in what we've been looking at. Hebrews 11, chapter 6, I want us to look at just one verse. And it's carrying on a little bit from what Jesus said um, in Matthew chapter 6. But it says, and we know this verse well, it says, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The promise, like we've said before, is that God rewards those who seek him. There is a reward. There is a reward for us seeking after God. God doesn't just say do it because I say do it. He says there's a reward for you. 
there's a reward. Now, what is the reward? Is it a new car? Is it a new house? A nice holiday? A, you know, no, the reward is himself. <laughs> the reward is himself. You might be one thinking, I wanted the holiday. <laughs> no, it's himself. It's himself. And him, himself, him, God, Jesus, his spirit, is what makes it worthwhile. It's what makes it worth seeking. You might be finding it hard to seek after God. You might have heard uh, these few talks, you know, about being intentionally resting, intentionally planning, intentionally enjoying God, about putting Jesus first, about seeking him. And you're thinking, I hear what you're saying, Tom. This sounds great, but I just, I don't have the time. The same stuff. I know you've talked about it all, but I'm saying it again. I've not got the time. I'm too tired. I've not got any momentum. There's stuff that's going in my life that's preventing me from doing it. I've got no support. I don't know what to read. I don't know what to pray about. I don't know what to do. But I'm just going to say this morning, keep seeking. Keep seeking after the treasure. I think that the very definition of the word seek entails that there there must be something that is difficult about it. Otherwise, it's not seeking, is it? If there's not something that's a little bit challenging about it, if it doesn't mean that there's something we've got to get over a few humps in the road, there's something, suddenly it's not seeking. We're back to browsing again. But Jesus says to seek him first it's going to be it will be hard and I've talked about trying to make it as easy as it can be but there will be times this will be hard because that's what makes it seeking and this unfortunately maybe is this is what real mature Christianity is about It's about seeking and not just doing it when it's comfortable, when we want to, when it all fits into place nicely. It's about seeking. It's about not being spoon-fed, but chasing, chasing God's presence. You might think that, you know, moving to a different city, moving to a different church, moving to a different country, whatever it might be, will change things. But I'm telling you, wherever you go, God wants you to seek him. You might want to find a this place where I can just browse. I can get away with browsing. God wants us to seek him. As I said last week, we were at a conference just a couple of weekends ago and I know some people at Faith Camp last week as well, and you might have found the same thing. But I was there for a few days, and they're a great few days. You know, you, you've got all these um, worship meetings and speakers, and you feel raring to go when you get home. So I got home on the Saturday. I even had church on the Sunday. And then I went for a little walk on my lunchtime at work on Monday, at Monday lunchtime. And I felt I was getting a bit grumpy with God. I was getting a bit, I was, I was feeling like, God, it's not fair. It's like you're playing games with me because I've just had a really good few days. I felt close to you. I felt invigorated. I could take on the world again. And then it got to Monday lunchtime. Pathetic, isn't it? Any Monday, wasn't even Tuesday, went Monday lunchtime. And I was thinking, God, I just, I feel like it's hard again. It's, this isn't fair. What, you, you're, you're mean. <laughs> it's like you're, you're playing games with me. But I just felt him saying that God wants me to seek him. Without... The, the difficulty, it's not seeking. And when I don't seek, there's no reward. We could, I could, t- we could tailor you, all right? We could tailor any one of you in here, like a, a bespoke personal church package. 
You know, we could do it where we, we, we pick what we speak about on Sundays just around what's going on in your life on any given week. We could, we could change the times so it fits in with your schedule. We could, week to week, we could change it maybe. We could sing the songs that you like. We could tell people that you're not keen on just to stay home that week. And, you know, we could tailor and make a personal, lovely church package for you. But you would miss out on the reward because there would be no seeking. And God is calling us to seek after him. Especially like Lydia was saying about, um, she said about the match, didn't she? she? You need the, was it the friction to get the flame? We need the friction to get the flame. We need to seek to get the reward. If we seek, if we become a church that seek after him, that make him the one thing like Mary did, not rushing around like Martha, doing all the stuff, just caught up in the worries of life, Jesus says, Tomorrow will take care of itself. Don't worry. Seek first. Seek first the kingdom. Because God will reward you for seeking. Nana just suggests in closing that it's almost like the more obstacles in your life at the moment, the more reasons that there are that you're finding it hard to seek him, the more reasons that there are that you're finding hard to be like Mary and it's turning you into Martha, the more things going on. Some of you could have written for, for hours writing stuff down on these pieces of paper, all reasons. But it's almost like the more obstacles that they are, the more excited I am for you. The more excited I am because when you seek, you will find. And there is a reward. It's almost like he's saying, the more you seek, the more you will find. You will be rewarded for seeking. So whatever it is that's going on, I encourage you this morning, seek. Seek him. Seek him first. Enjoy it. He's your father. Let's not quickly, we can get intense again. Just relax. It's our father. But let's seek him. Let's spend time with him. He doesn't say In Luke, what was the end of that story? I don't know whether Martha had a big tantrum and stormed out or whether she went, no, you're right. And she said, I don't know what happened at the end of the story or what her response was. But we've kind of got that same decision to make this morning, I guess. What is our response going to be to Jesus saying to us, just slow down? Last thing, last thing I promise. There's a game that we play at home in Sophie. And it's a game that we play in our house. And neither of us, we've never talked about this game. It's not like we never discuss the rules. We never say, should we play this game? But it's a game that we play and it's called I Can't Hear You. <laughs> right? It's, and, what it, and what it is, is that I'll be in a room, okay? And I will go, Sophie! <laughs> Sophie! What time's this happening? And she doesn't respond. Right, and I know straight away, game on. Like the game has started. Right, we were in. Right, so save, 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 save. I know at this point I've lost. I know I've lost because the rules are: you need to. If you're the one that wants the other person, you need to go to them. Right, that's the rules of the game, and I've, I've lost. So then, but it's amazing. I could be in one room, and she could just be in the next room. And sometimes I think she can hear me. I know she can hear me, but she knows that the game's on as well. She knows the rules as well as I do, even though we've never discussed them. So I know that for me to ask the question, I need to just get up and go to the next room. And it's amazing how many times I, can't, I just think, oh, it's not worth it. <laughs> it can wait, even though it just three, four, five yards sometimes. 
Is it possible this morning that God, he can hear you, but he's just saying, come closer. Come closer. Tim, John, um, get up. We're going to worship as we finish. But just like I said in that, in that little silly story about how it just sometimes it was just a few steps. It was just a few steps that I had to take, but sometimes even that was too much. I just couldn't be bothered. I thought I'd talk to her later. There have been times where I've called Sophie <laughs> from the next room. You know, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's ridiculous. But God is just saying, come closer. I believe that God wants to move in us in this season. There is a reward when we seek him. I love that he says that there's a reward. That that's not just seek. Don't just seek me because I'm God and I can tell you what to do. It's just that he tells us why. <laughs> seek me because you will find me. When you seek me with all your heart and there'll be a reward. And the reward is him. The reward is his presence. The reward is that his presence and his spirit starts filling our situations and our circumstances and our work life and our family life and our marriages and our finances and just all the stuff in that we kind of you know walk through in life he says I'll, I'll come you'll find me and that is what changes our life that is what stops us from just being religious marthas rushing around being busybodies to being fruitful jesus is the one thing the first thing so why don't we stand we're going to worship got a bit of time again so let's just make this time just a time where we can just fix our eyes on jesus and say god just help me help me in this quest for you so jesus i pray for every person here this morning god i pray that you would help us to seek you help us to seek you help us to relax god and not to see it as a big intense tiring thing that just clogs up our day and stops us doing stuff that's more important But Lord, just help us to be creative in what this looks like in our life. To make time for you, to make room for you. To be intentional about seeking you. God, I pray against condemnation where people just feel like, oh, I've failed again. I've not succeeded. I wanted to do this and I've not. I pray against condemnation because your word says there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. God, we just want to enjoy you. Enjoy your presence. Enjoy your spirit. Enjoy your power. Because you're our Father. Our good, good, good Father. Thank you, Jesus. Let's worship. Amen. For more information about our church or to access more of our resources, please visit thefreedomcentre.com.